I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. Today on the show, I'm going to take you back to an event honoring one of the best in the business. It was the Institute of Classical Architecture and Art Southern California Chapter's annual legacy celebration in honor of the incomparable Richard Lantry. What an absolutely spectacular night this was. It was raucous, it was loud, it was incredible, and it was fun. And I'm going to take you with me as I emceed the event that night at the California Club in Los Angeles. In this episode, you are also going to hear from Artillery Magazine's Ezra Jean Black. She's going to give you a walking tour with artist Peter Wallace within an installation he had at Bergamot Station in Santa Monica, California. This is a celebration of art and architecture and those who create it. We'll be right back. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me And you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce. Inspired by the brilliance of Northern European sauna technology and design, a luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. Just for fun, I, I thought I would share a little bit of my first attempts to wrangle this crowd. I don't know how many people were there at, at this event honoring Richard Landry. It had to be, it had to be four hundred, five hundred. I'm thinking, uh, man, this was fun, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I know, right? Hello. Hello. I know. I know. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> I love this group. Oh, there we go. Very, I'm sorry. I shushed you. I apologize. Thank you. Hi. Welcome. Uh, my name is Josh Cooperman. I host and publish a podcast called Combo by Design. And oh, you're, you are very kind. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so next up, you're going to hear from ICAA SoCal president, Darren Franks. And now, please allow me to introduce 
uh, Darren Franks, president of the ICAA Southern California chapter. Darren. Good evening. Um, thank you all for coming. So, um, dear members, colleagues, and friends, we're delighted once again <clears throat> to be here at the California Club to celebrate this year's recipient of the Legacy Award, Richard Landry. <laughs> Richard, we are proud to add your name to the shortlist of those honored with the Legacy Award and appreciate all you've done in Southern California in our industry. Um, on behalf of our chapter and the ICAA, congratulations and thank you. Sponsorship and membership are critically important to our chapter, for it is through these donations that we are able to plan and host not only the wonderful in-person and online lectures um, that we all have come to love over the years, um, but also they enable us to provide scholarships and continuing education programs for professionals and enthusiasts. In addition, they foot the bill for us to develop and implement education programs that introduce young students to the principles of classical architecture and art. These students are our future, their future employees and future leaders, and I'm proud of our team who helped take these steps forward on our behalf. And also to each and every one of you for, for being here this evening, so thank you. It was an honor for me to both MC this event and to introduce my friend and friend of the show and Landry Design Group partner, Brian Pinkett. That really works. I, wh who, why didn't somebody tell me I would have started with that? That works. I love it. Thank you. Hope y'all are having a great time tonight. I have, I have the honor of, of making an introduction. And I will, I will, I've given this a lot of thought and, and trying to think about how I wanted to do this and what I wanted to say because we were just having a conversation over here and, you know, words are important. Words matter. And, you know, after, after 10 years hosting Combo by Design, interviewing hundreds of designers and architects, when I tell you that it is an absolute joy, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. There are some constants that, that you see in the industry, right? Um, it comes from publicists. Publicists, I love you. I know there's a few here. I absolutely love you. Uh, and from the websites that you see of the companies, you hear about the awards and you hear about the accolades. And, and we're here to give an award and honor someone who, who deserves it. You know, but there's something beyond that. Uh, awards are important because for the most part, they represent peer in, and industry affection and approval, right? So if we're looking at the firm started by tonight's honoree, several years on the AD100, multiple Rob Report Home of the Year, numerous Gold Nugget Awards, among other accolades, right? But in this case, this firm, this individual, um, it, it's not about the awards, it's, it's about the people. 
And it should always be about the people. Some say it and others do it. And that's why we're here tonight to honor Richard. I have had the good fortune of interviewing Brian Pinkett on Convo by Design, I think three times now, yeah? And we have had so many amazing conversations, some architecture related and some, some not. And I, I love them all as long as we don't have to talk about golf. And, and <laughs> ah, you know Brian, okay, all right. So that being said, when it, when it comes to the work and when it comes to the firm, Brian has always displayed nothing but resolve and clarity in his passion for both the work and the firm and the ethos behind its very existence. It's a firm started by Richard in 1987. What were you, like five in 1987? And a firm that has done nothing but produce some of the world's most extraordinary custom residential architecture. We could all say it if I gave you the prompt, but from modern to classic, right? So it's, it's always about more than the work. At, of, of the Landry's, at Landry Design Group's eight-member leadership team, and I'm going to read this so I get it right. I'm going to tell you why I, get it, why I need to get it right, because Brian loves correcting me. Do you all know Brian? Loves correcting So I have to make sure and get my numbers right. So of the eight members of the leadership team at Landry Design Group, there is over 140 years of combined Landry Design Group experience, averaging... Yeah, please. Averaging 20 years of experience on the partnership level. And, and that's, that's an extraordinary number. It, it, it supersedes the number of awards, it really does, because it reflects a value set that prioritizes people. And in return, those people lead teams who make extraordinary things happen and directly affect the lives of those who call the work home. And it's important. I do love my conversations with Brian, and if you know him well enough, I think you do. Uh, he's the one who informed me, you're gonna love this, he's the one who informed me, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but apparently there's no I in team. Brian told me that. Episode 204, by the way, if anyone wants to go check the work. And, and honestly, just when I thought Brian was messing with me, um, here's, here's how he explained it. Quote, what we do here at Landry Design Group is very collaborative. We created an environment for architects to learn and grow, to become better at what we do so that they could become better at what they do, so that our clients would benefit." End quote. It's, it's special, and he embodies that ethos created by Richard and activated by his team. Please welcome Brian Pinkett. Thank you, Josh. Don't believe a word he said. They're all lies. Don't believe it. Good evening, everyone. We're here tonight to honor our colleague, my business partner, my mentor, my dear friend Richard Landry, and honor him for this award, for his contributions 
to the advancement of classical traditions in architecture and art. Yes. I've known Richard for almost 30 years. We've been working side by side. And besides his family, I've been with him longer than anybody else in his life. <laughs> it's been a great journey. When I first met Richard, um, you know, this is really emotional for me, so bear with me, but when I first met him, I was working with Michael Graves in Princeton, New Jersey, and uh, Richard had done work overseas, and he said to me, I don't know if you remember this, Richard, he said, I'm on my way over to seas, and if I come back with another contract, which was kind of his reputation, every time he'd go overseas, he'd come back with another contract. He told me, he said, I'm gonna give you a call to come work with the firm. And needless to say, he made the right call. <laughs> so imagine putting everything you own into your car and driving 3,000 miles across the country in hopes for a good job, a career, a place to call home with no family or friends. Who does that? Richard did that, coming all the way from Canada. Good job, Richard. Me, on the other hand, I flew first class from New York City. <laughs> I couldn't wait to get here. When I arrived, it was Richard and four other architects, young architects, and I distinctively remember many late nights before a client presentation where we were coloring elevations and plans and Richard would not hesitate at one in the morning to make a huge change. Like, come on, we can do this, just to make the project that much better. Like, really, Richard, do we need to do this? Dean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Richard always wanted to make it better, and it wasn't just the projects. It's important for Richard for the experience to be better, and not just for our clients, but for our interior designers we work with, our contractors, our engineers, consultants, everyone. It had to be a great experience. And that's what made the project so good. Man, this is great to see you guys here. It's unbelievable. Richard, I love you, man. Mm. Wow, we've done projects in, oh man, so many projects, Richard. Hundreds of projects in all around the world, 17 different countries, and that's no easy feat. It takes a lot of hard work and dedication and the support of a great team. These guys are amazing. We've been able to grow our firm from the five that we talked about to 50. And all because we're just trying to make it better, whatever we can do. We have a few mantras in our office. One is it's gotta be fun. 
If it's not fun, it's not worth doing. We work way too hard, way too long hours to do it. We gotta enjoy it. So that's one of our key mantras. These guys know what I'm talking about. The other mantra is raise the bar. Every year Richard comes in, we gotta raise the bar. Brian, what are we gonna do this year to raise the bar? Richard, we have raised the damn bar so high, it's in the sky, we can't even see the damn bar, okay? Richard never liked being considered uh, or called the architect to the stars. But if you consider the smart people that hired Landry Design Group, trust me, they were all treated like stars. And that just goes to show you the type of person Richard is. Loving, caring, considerate, smart, funny, fun to work with, and extremely talented. If you know him professionally, you might know what I'm talking about, but if you know him personally, if you're lucky enough to know him personally, then you definitely know what I'm talking about. Richard, you're one of the few people that we come across in our lives that have it. You definitely have it, buddy. Please help me welcome Richard Landry, our 2022 Legacy Award honoree to the stage. I was not expecting to win tonight, so I didn't write a speech. <laughs> We've got our comedian right here. Thank you, Brian. Well, thank you everyone for being here. Wow. I don't even know where to start. A legacy recognition. Does that mean it's time for me to retire? <laughs> well, I see all the architects in the room right now. So yeah, Richard, just go on vacation. Yeah, it's fine. You can't stop now. Not a chance. I'm going to be here when I'm 105 years old, giving an award to a 40-year-old that just got the legacy award. You remember me 40 years ago when I got the award? <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty premature, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, I really want to, first of all, I want to thank our SCA president, Darren Frank. You're amazing. You've done so many of our great projects also, and obviously the RCA board members for this amazing honor. And special appreciation goes to Elizabeth Dinkun, the board chair for this event. So, Elizabeth, thank you so much for working on this. And I still have goosebumps for the beautiful video. So Joyce Ray, Ada Gores, John Benke, Peter McCoy, Brian, thank you so much for those amazing words. So it means a lot. Thank you. So although this award is given to me, is given to me as an individual, I would be accepting it on behalf of the entire Landry Design Group team. It's not about me. I want to thank Brian, our firm principal. You know, you've been with me for, like you said, over 30 years, and it's been an incredible journey, and you believed in me from day one. It's been incredible that we've been together like that. And our four partners, Todd Riley, William Mongol, Suzanne Chapilla, and Mark Savory. You guys are amazing. To our two associates, John Mock and Justin Kern, and our technical director, Scott Steele. Your leadership is so important to our team, and this is you that will ensure the continued legacy of Landry Design Group. So thank you guys, you're amazing. 
And as you know, it takes, it takes a whole team to do these kind of projects. So I also wanted to dedicate the award to all the employees, to all the team of the Andrew Design Group, past and present. Actually, not all of them. A few of them should not be on the list. But they're not here tonight, so it's OK. Uh, but it's, it's really cool because Dean Larkin is here. Dean was the very first employee of Landry over 35 years ago. And you believed in me way back then. And a lot of alumni are here tonight. So you guys, I'm so glad to see your face, to see you here. And I applaud your successes as well. So thank you for being here. I mean, really, today we're blessed with an amazing firm of over 50 people continuing to do work all over the world, and I believe that the best is yet to come. So we're very dedicated to continuing what we're, what we're actually doing. Um, I also want to extend my appreciation to our publicist, Barbara Pressman, and our in-house PR director and marketing director, Celia Sokolowski, for sharing our work all over the world. So thank you, you guys, a big part of our lives. And of course, our team extends way beyond the walls of Andrew Design Group. So to all the amazing interior designers, builders, consultants, and vendors, many of you guys are here tonight. You are in your own way a part of this legacy. So thank you, and thank you for being there and continuing to be there. And of course, a lot of preparation goes to our clients. I've always said that you cannot create a great project without a great client. And that is so true. And I see many of our clients here tonight, and I really, you know, we could not do it without your trust, without your support, and your money. So, thank you. And on a personal note, I do want to acknowledge my beautiful daughter, Sam, who came down. She came down from San Francisco, took a day off of school to be here with us tonight. And to my 15-month-old son, James, yes, 15-month-old son, whom I hope is sleeping right now in his crib. Uh, but the two of you are the pride of my life. And I know, Sam, we were talking about this, you know, the world of architecture has taken a lot of hours away from you me, you know, from you, and, but your unconditional support and your curiosity about what I do and wanting to know what I was doing made the, uh, the outcome so much more rewarding. So thank you for being there and for being here with me tonight. I was also blessed to have amazing parents and uh, I believe that I got my creative side from my mom and my business sense from my dad, who's looking over me right now from above. Uh, but when I, when I started to think about my parents, it started to make me reflect on my childhood and made me realize that what's happening tonight is surreal, absolutely surreal. You know, Brian said, I you know, came from Montreal, you know, he flew first class. I walked <laughs> barefoot. <laughs> uh, but no, I actually grew up in a little town you know, French-Canadian town of about 5,000 people, about an hour outside of Montreal. And, you know, we had cows crossing our, barkyard, our backyard every day, going from the barn to pasture and back to the barn. Behind our house was a big cornfield. 
And I just look at this today, you know, where like you, you, you kind of think about what's going on. And my parents and my friends were saying, you know, when you were six years old, you were telling everybody that you wanted to design buildings when you were growing up, when you were older. That was way before I knew the word architect and knew that architecture was a profession. And then fast forward in a few years, I ended up at the University of Montreal and got lucky enough to get a study grant to go to Copenhagen where it opened my eyes to a whole different world and to the world of, that, of classical architecture. Uh, and that was actually amazing. I, I graduated in 1981, and at the time, Quebec was going through its own recession. I was offered a couple jobs there, but you know what? I want to be where the action is. And Western Canada, Alberta, was where the action was. It was booming in 81. So I packed everything I owned in the back of my Honda Civic, and I drove cross-country to Alberta. Got some good jobs there, and I barely spoke English at the time. And I know some of you say, well, you still barely speak English. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Sometimes I do put the accent on the wrong syllable, and it's not my fault. <laughs> it's, it happens. It happens. Um, but I was in Alberta for three years, and then they experienced their own recession. So I said, where do I go next? It was 1984. The Olympics were on in L.A. L.A. sounds good. I'm going to go down to L.A. No visa. No green card, no problem. I'm going to go down. So I'm going to visit some friends. So, and here it is. So I end up in L.A., not really knowing anybody, and you know, got a job offered, and nine months later, got recruited somewhere else, got my green card. And hard to believe that three years later, I was founding Landview Design Group. That was 1987. Um, It was the California dream. And needless to say, architecture is my passion. It's not a job for me. It's my full-time hobby. I don't need to play golf. <laughs> um, and it's architecture is what makes me happy. And tonight, seriously, the love, the support, the acknowledgement is a huge contribution of my happiness. I gave a lecture for ICA in 2006 and I ended up with a wonderful quote from John Lennon, who said, when I was five years old, my mom always told me that happiness was the key to life. When I went to school, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I wrote down, happy. <laughs> the teachers told me that I didn't understand the assignment. But I told them they did not understand life. Architecture makes me happy. So my life is blessed with happiness. I hope yours is too. And I really thank you so much for this great honor. Okay, so how much fun was that? Amazing, right? That was the sounds from the Legacy Award dinner honor honoring uh, Richard Landry. It was amazing, it was fun, and I, I cannot wait to go back to see who they honor this year. What a, what a remarkable event, super fun. So listen, we'll be right back with Artillery Magazine's Ezra Jean Black from Bergamot Station. She's doing a walkthrough with artist Peter Wallace. The installation was featured in the Lois Lambert Gallery called Sacred Mundane. We'll be right back. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design, and architecture. There is no question. Uh, 
There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen, bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Convo by Design is more than just a podcast. I'm not sure if you know that. I have spent the past 10 years building a production company and consulting firm that develops brand ambassador programs, CEUs, live event programming, as well as branded content for companies in the design and architecture industry, including designers, architects, furnishing companies, showrooms, and others in the trade. We have content producer talent in every region of the country and can help you grow your design business through brand development campaigns, social media, and CEU content development and production, as well as content consulting and live event programming to help you build strong and meaningful partnerships that will help you grow and strengthen your design business. For more information, message me at Convo by Design with an X on Instagram or email me Convo by design at outlook.com. C-O-N-V-O-B-Y-D-E-S-I-G-N at outlook.com. Hello there. I'm Ezra Jean Black. People know me from Artillery Magazine, amongst other places. I'm here at the Lois Lambert Gallery, here at Bergamot Station in Santa Monica, California. And I happen to be standing here with Peter Wallace, who is the artist who has uh, created this exhibition uh, for the gallery, uh, Sacred Mundane. Uh, I see, I'm not sure I see mundane or exactly sacred, mm -hmm. or I, I, although I suppose I could say that I see references to the sacred, but um, do you want to talk about sure. what, what is the sacred, what is the mundane? Yeah, I guess, you know, a lot of my work really begins with collecting uh, objects and places. So I'm really looking to find the moments that people pass by, maybe boarded up buildings, uh, buildings that aren't there anymore, and really collecting these moments as um, kind of a visual landscape um, that kind of evokes ideas of dreams, subconscious, uh, different characters through time. So I really think of uh, the walks that I take in the beginning of the paintings as kind of guiding me through um, the architecture of the paintings. And how do they become sacred? How does the mundane become sacred or yeah. how do you how do you see that unfolding in this kind of yeah space I, I think it's just really bringing things together that are things that we pass by things that um you know maybe aren't seen as art maybe a abandoned building uh, a, a dilapidated sign um and really bring it into a space that uh, tells a larger story of, of who i am where i've been and where i'm going the story of who you are or are, are all these characters in a sense you? Are these your 
collected characters or are they some part of you? Yeah, you could say that. I think a lot of the work that I do, um, they speak to people and place. Uh -huh. And I really think about, um, you know, how I'm trying to imagine these landscapes of memory. Oh. Of, of time and, and trying to overlap different periods of time, um, but also bringing things together that probably wouldn't exist. In, in the although, same space. although we might say that also that let's move on. Mm -hmm. That time moves uh, in different directions, mm -hmm. and um, also it, it's it's there's a, a sort of notion notional wandering here. Mm -hmm. There's a, a wandering that is going on. I mean, in the stillness. We see people in these different poses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, against these landmarks. Can you talk about that? Sure. I, I think a lot of the visual metaphors that I'm creating, you know, speak. Because <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is my introduction to yeah. this work. Sure. Um, okay. So, as again, you have these figures in different postures. Mm -hmm. um, what does is that? Should that? Should we interpret that some way, or do you have an idea of? where we might move with that? I really think that the story that I'm trying to tell, you know, has context to who I am, but I think it's really interesting to overhear what the viewers have to say about the work. And so I think as they're making connections to the different costume mm. time periods and elements, mm. I think that's really where the painting lips is mm. in the interpretation of these different elements and symbols and how they relate to one mm. another. Okay. Um, you know, I often feel that like, I add a lot of things, I remove a lot of things. There's a lot of processes of, of editing, um, kind of reiterating the work. So I feel like it's been many different paintings before I kind of settle on. Okay, let's move on. Um, I mean, there are references to history, sure. historical periods, but also there's the sense of wandering in a big blank space. Mm -hmm. um, where are you going with that? Yeah, I, th I think a lot of the work that I generate comes from walking you know, comes mm. from um, trying to find purpose from the walks. And mm. so whether it's, um, you know, collecting an element that might feel um, kitschy or a significant building uh, in the work or, or a place um, that has deeper meaning to me, um, I think a lot of the, the characters um, as well as the environments um, are really, you know, more in the arena of how they're interpreted and less about me trying to project a story onto the paintings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I do feel like, you know, the, the negative space is really uh, valuable. It's an, it's an important part of um, the rhythm of the work, but also this notion of kind of being a pilgrim searching for, um, searching for the work. On a well, walk. we're all pilgrims. Yeah. Um, there's also this notion of this kitsch against mm -hmm. the historical, against the, Timeless. How do you how do you integrate them? For for me, after I've I've created a walk, I, I have a, a quick thumbnail sketch where yeah. I do a lot of stream of consciousness ideas, mm -hmm. where I'll reiterate, reframe, do a little bit of research. Um, See, I, I'm idea. thinking. To, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I, I th I'm thinking that this is more about mm -hmm. your own dream process, your speculation, yeah. than it is about an actual walk. Yeah, um, it's true. Because, it, yeah. um, you know, everyone knows in walking, mm -hmm. we see certain landmarks and we have certain yeah. emotional, possibly, you know, spiritual investments yeah, in those sure. spaces. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested in how you 
think about integrating yeah. those things. I've always um, felt, yeah, like the, the walks are really the guideposts to mm -hmm. kind of begin the architecture of the painting mm -hmm. to where, yes, it, in fact, a lot of the dreams, a lot of these reoccurring themes, memory are mm -hmm. really woven into the, uh, into the work um, in ways that I, I think um, continue to surprise me too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Let's move on. Okay. All right. Um, now we have these uh, creatures that have these, either they're, one is transformed into this like rainbow like configuration and then one is this skeletal mm -hmm. uh, um, transparent Mm -hmm. uh, figure. I mean, is it a bison? Is it a, um, a just a, a, a cow? Or a bison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th this really is telling the journey of, of how I got here. You know, usually when I come home, the first thing I see is this restaurant when I come back to Vermont. It's one oh, of the I first see. things that I see. Um, oh, Sarno's, right. Yeah, yeah so, now a nice so Seward's yes. Restaurant is, is a place where my mom worked oh, back so in the 70s. Um, really, this area is. I think a lot about what, what part of Vermont is this? I this is understand. Rutland, Vermont. Oh, I see. Okay. So this is Rutland, Vermont, and I. Always, oh, I see. I, I, yeah. For a minute, I thought, I thought you were talking about Los Angeles, so I was like, yeah. Completely well, confused. it definitely ends up here in Los Angeles, <laughs> and and so for me, like as soon as I see Seward's, like I know I'm home. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's always I been see. that landmark. Um, you know, I'm was originally born in Wyoming, lived in Colorado for a little while, and yeah, I think of this like leap, this journey. So this is your journey. Yes, this it is. is your lifetime journey. Yeah, All right, well, that's is. interesting. Yeah, here's North Hollywood here. So. Oh, I see. Okay, so, yeah. let's yeah. let's move forward a little bit. Um, here is your uh, this. I I see this as a sign, but sure. when I see a, a fixture like that, this, mm -hmm. I think of like a basketball. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think there yeah. should be a hoop against it. <laughs> um, yeah. So. And then you have these, these very, um, uh, there are structures behind these um, flat facades, mm -hmm. which evokes backlot Hollywood. Sure. Um, yeah. Where exactly is this going? I mean, these are, and again, we have these three graces. Mm -hmm. um, are, is, this, is this like the, the sort of through motif? It is, yes, of course. I, I think like dance, you know, Isadora Duncan, a lot of the uh, modern dancers really, have inspired how I think about movement, how I think about mm -hmm. animation. Um, but this is a reoccurring dream I've had about uh, this. Um, it, it's a weird kind of um, mining town that's set up mm -hmm. to look like a mining town in Colorado. I always have this reoccurring dream of mm -hmm. this place. But this largely tells a, a bigger story about my, um, my father's journey. So this it tells a different story about a person. So, um, what was yeah. it, and what was your father's journey? Uh, you know, here we start in Colorado. We moved to Vermont. Um, I think a lot about uh, his character being kind of a jester. So I think not only are they landscapes about place, but they're certainly about people. Right. Yeah. In other words, it's an American story. It is indeed. Uh, of yeah. migrations. And yeah. speaking of migrations, I mean, are, are you at all influenced by um, uh, migrations that, that we're looking forward to or not looking forward to? I mean, I see, for example, here, mm -hmm. this motel. Yeah. I mean, we think about people tr in transit, transient, sure. and we're just ahead of a period of what will probably be great global migrations. Yeah. So. Yeah, for me, the, this work really speaks to change. Um, I think a lot of people who are from my hometown know this to be the, the Halloween parade, where there's always these skeleton 
figures oh, dancing. Um, and, and so this is one space that I feel is really, you know, etched in my memory. Uh, it's at the center of Rutland, Vermont. It's called the pit. Um, you know, when, whenever we're meeting up with uh, friends in high school, you'd always end up here at this place. I, um, and so actually, I love this figure here. Yeah. So you see like elements of kitsch, um, ideas of costume and character and theater. And so I really am inspired by this idea that it's this like eternal play always unfolding. And also a sort of a, this kind of distorted scale because mm -hmm. in some of the, in some of, in, in some instances the, the figures are sort of naturally scaled yes. in others, they seem like toys mm -hmm. like toy figurines. Sure. And, and this is somewhat larger and then mm -hmm. you have this like childlike figure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, and again, the, th the through line mm -hmm. of the dancers here, it's transformed or it looks mm -hmm. as if it's, tra you've transformed those dancers into boxers. Sure. Um, tell me something about the background here. This is Cousins Island in Maine. Um, I, I think when you are looking out on the Eastern Promenade of Portland, you're always looking at this power station. It's like uh -huh. a big eyesore, but it's something that I've always saw as like beautiful as the way the light hits it. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I, I, I title this, the past is fighting itself again. I think of, um, you know, humanity continuing to relive these lessons. Uh, where I'm from, there's a very popular folk artist who paints these kitschy folk houses. And I really think of the idea of, um, boarding up these folk houses or burning down this idea of colonialism and the sinking of kind and of a then, classical And then world. also graffiti. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The sinking ship. Yeah. yeah. This is a, yeah. sort of an alternative landscape to a, yeah. um, Planet of the Apes or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, you know, are, and here we have a house, a house actually on fire. Yeah. So, I mean, does this have a, is, this it seems like as if this incorporates both light and dark yeah. do you are you conscious of this darkness yeah are you... yeah um sometimes i feel like i'm nervous to say the things that are dark and scary mm -hmm. but um especially you know in in a couple of these um i think about you know my hometown is where the circus the fair comes i, I think about people constantly waiting for the fair to come around and it being abandoned uh, for the rest of the year. Um, you know, there's a lot of elements in here that do have a darkness, but I, I like to look at these and, and think that the movement, the colors, they're fun, you know? And, and so it, it does tell a larger story, um, but also, yes, there is darkness in there for sure. I'm almost thinking that this might be the valedictory since we have the, the fish and fish, sort of aquatic life uh, moving in, which yeah. probably they will be at some point <laughs> yeah. very soon. Sure. I think that's a good place to wrap. Yeah. Uh, unless you have some no. final thoughts about no, it. No, not at all. Thank you. Uh, thank yeah, you. I appreciate the question. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, 
Natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Thank you, Ezra. Thank you, Brian Pinkett. Thank you, Richard Landry, ICAA, Southern California, Darren Franks, the entirety of the ICAA SoCal chapter, Bergamot Station, and everyone who played a part in this episode. Now more than ever before, remember why you do what you do and for whom you do it. The design and architecture community single-handedly makes the lives of those we serve better, and it's because of you. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another story. So until then, be well and take today first. 